Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Nota Francesco and I'm joined as always by my grandpa Husker Dan from Husker Max in the beautiful city of Omaha, Nebraska. Grandpa, it's been quite the past four days here for Husker Sports. How are you doing? You know, you're right. And we were talking just before this started about how much time we're going to spend on the Iowa game. I said, well, it's Matt rule is, is taking all the air out of the room. It's, and, <laughs> yeah. which is fine, but lost in that shuffle is that, Hey, the kids won a football game Friday and they, and that was, that was great. It was absolutely great. You, you and I got to watch it, which was fantastic. Yeah, together. Yeah, that was great. That was great. And we went a little bizarre. We, we, went, we went a little berserk there in the fourth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> We, yeah, we'll definitely the neighbors get were going to not be knocking on our front door and say, what are you guys doing over there? <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. We oh, also got to watch. Uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. We'll get into that in a minute. We also got to watch some Husker volleyball together. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we watched the Wisconsin game together on Friday night after the Nebraska win. And we were like, we were, we were looking at you like, oh, wouldn't it be great if we get two Nebraska wins in, in one night? And uh, unfortunately, it was not to be. They did end up winning one set, which was better than. Last time they looked better. They look they look fine. I'm I'm not super worried about them going into the NCAA tournament. Uh, Wisconsin is on their side of the bracket, so they will have to play Wisconsin in order to get into the national championship game. And Minnesota is on the other side, and Nebraska got uh, blanked by Minnesota on yeah. Saturday, which I was yeah. very surprised about. Uh, I mean, Kenzie Knuckles was out, and uh, and Nicklin Hames was also out for that Minnesota game. She played in the Wisconsin game. I don't know what happened in between there. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see. I, I assume it's preventative that they're just keeping them for the tournament. I don't know if they just were like, okay, we don't really need to win the big 10 or they thought that they could win it without Kenzie knuckles. I don't know how bad her injury Kenzie, is. Kenzie is out for the season. She's out. Oh, really? Oh yeah. She's, she has. A, oh, I didn't get that. Oh yeah, shoot. Uh, Nicklin just had some illness and she was at, uh, both games uh, she looked fine on the sideline but who knows i don't know what maybe she's yeah. running a fever or something yeah and those are not just two average players uh kenzie is a she's a libero and, and a defensive specialist and hames has been the setter for what four years five years yeah yeah she's a she's a super senior i believe yeah uh, she's back for her fifth or sixth year or something like that but yeah but those, those two players are you know nebraska's known this at least this fall for their defense and minus those two players is uh, I think it, you know, you play, you can get by playing a Purdue or a Maryland or an Indiana maybe, but not yeah. against, uh, not against the, the, well, the defending national championship, uh, Wisconsin. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we looked okay. I feel like just, just having watching it, but uh, I mean that Minnesota game, I didn't see anything of, but I thought we might have a better chance in that game. Uh, I, I, I don't know what I said about Minnesota last week, but I, they were ranked number nine in the, in the AP poll. It's not the AP poll, but the, the effect of that for volleyball, I think it's the AVCA coaches poll or something like that, um, for volleyball. And they were ranked number nine. there going into that game. They had just beaten Ohio state. So they probably were higher than that. If you would updated the rankings, they don't update like day by day, uh, because there's so many matches played in quick succession, uh, like we saw, but, uh, I mean, the announcers during that Wisconsin game were talking about how Minnesota could basically screw this entire thing up. And they basically did because I mean, Nebraska took themselves out of the running for the big 10 crown on 
uh, Friday night with that loss yeah. to Wisconsin. Uh, but I mean, they still could have had a better finish in the Big Ten. They ended up with a fifteen and five. Is that right? I can't remember off the top of my head. But sixteen, um, sixteen and four, I think, is what they sixteen and four in the Big Ten. Not- yeah, okay. That sounds that sounds right to me. Wisconsin twice they lost to Ohio State Wisconsin once and Minnesota once. So yeah, State. yeah. That's right. So sixteen and four in conference, which I mean yeah. isn't terrible, but their goal was to win. Uh, we talked about this last week. Their goal was to yeah. win the Big Ten, and uh, unfortunately that didn't happen. So maybe they can make up for it and win a national championship. We'll see. They have their first round game against Delaware State, which should not be a problem at all at home this Thursday night. Um, I mean, it's it works the same way as. Uh, the volleyball national championship works the same way as men's basketball. It's March Madness style where you have, I think it's 64 teams that are in there. I, I looked at the bracket recently, but uh, yeah, Nebraska doesn't have anyone that's besides maybe Louisville, that they're going to have a huge problem with in their quarter of the quadrant of the bracket. Uh, and then, as I said, they will have to play Wisconsin. Uh, if Wisconsin makes it, assuming Nebraska and Wisconsin both went out in their respective quadrants on that uh, right-hand side of the bracket, uh, they will have to play Wisconsin in order to get into that national championship game, which we have not won the past now 10 meetings with Wisconsin, I believe. So uh, we'll, we'll, we add that streak to the football one, and you're at about 20 losses to Wisconsin in multiple yeah. sports. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Anything you want to say about uh, Nebraska volleyball before we move on to this Iowa game real quick here? No, let's get right into it. we got a lot of stuff to cover. All right. Uh, Iowa game – Way to end it on a win. I mean, just really good for Mickey. We talked about it last week. We said we want this win for Mickey, and uh, he got the win. He almost didn't, though. Uh, this game was it was twenty four zero at the yep. beginning of the third or towards the beginning of the third quarter, and Iowa comes storming back, has the chance to win the game twice uh, with with the ball and on a fourth down with about two minutes or so remaining, I believe. Uh, drop pass, not drop. I think he just missed the pass. Um, and, uh, Nebraska ends up holding there and then Nebraska couldn't move the ball again and, uh, gives the ball back to Iowa with, I mean, about like a minute left, I believe. I'm, I don't know if I'm remembering these timestamps correctly, but I mean, you, it, it is what it is. It, it wasn't seeming likely that I was, I was going to go 75 yards in a minute and they had like maybe one or two timeouts. I forget how many, but still, uh, ends up being fourth down, throwing a, uh, interception to Chris Kalarvik over the center it's sealing it for Nebraska and uh, bringing home the first heroes trophy since 2014 in that overtime game. Uh, just really, really good win to end the season on. It was great to, uh, to see uh, the, the, the joy on those players faces after having gone through the season that those guys have gone through and uh, it, the, all the adversity they face that you just end it with a win against your, I mean, not your biggest rival. Cause I think, I mean, this Iowa Nebraska rivalry is kind of made up. It's starting, it's starting to become a little bit of a rivalry now, but you don't see the championess with Michigan, Ohio state as you do that really as much. Um, and I mean, one thing that was really notable, Iowa shot themselves in the foot more than Nebraska did. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Which I was not expecting at all. That was a, that would just blew my mind. Iowa had more penalty yards, and then Nebraska three turnovers to Nebraska's one, or maybe it's four. four I think it's three, four, turnovers. four, four turnovers, one yeah. muff punt. Um, I mean, you just—that's just something that you can't like. You can't expect to win a game with Iowa's offense being the way it is. Right, right. You cannot expect to win a game, and they still almost did, which just shows you where Nebraska is. <laughs> is the, is the problem? That was that was. I mean, if Nebraska ended up losing that game, this game, even though if we lost by like three points. This one score loss to Iowa 
would be the probably the worst out of the past seven uh, because Nebraska forced Iowa to make so many mistakes. Yeah. And there, and I was at home too. You don't make mistakes at home. You don't, they had, Iowa had false start penalties at home. You, that never right. had, you don't see that. That never happens. And uh, I mean, it was, it was kind of sweet and get to knock Iowa out of big 10 contention. Basically Purdue, Purdue ends up uh, going to the big 10 championship game next week to get clobbered yeah, they're, they're by reward, Michigan. Their reward is they get to play Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I can't. I mean, the, the big 10 is probably going to go into like no divisions and just go into what the big 12 has, which is yeah. top two teams in the conference play each other for the conference championship every single year. And when USC and UCLA come in here in 2024 is my guess. Um, so we'll see, but I, I don't think Nebraska is ever going to win a, not ever. I shouldn't say that. Uh, I don't think Nebraska is going to win a big 10 championship anytime soon, even with Matt rule coming in. Um, what were your thoughts on this? Uh, Iowa game here, Grandpa. Well, the one thing that stands out is uh, is Trey Palmer's performance. Uh, you know that was, and, and you know it, the defense was just right. Of course, we had Casey playing quarterback, and you can't you, defenses just can't hang with Trey. He is. I think he'll he's going to enter the NFL draft, which is probably a smart move for him. Yeah. Uh, um, as much as I hate to see him go, it's yeah. his draft stock. I imagine is pretty high. He just he uh, what did he have uh, in that in that game? He had she's uh, Louise. Uh, well, he broke the broke Stanley Morgan Jr.'s record of one hundred one thousand four yards, and he ended uh, Palmer ended up for the season for one thousand forty three. He had one hundred and sixty five yards on nine catches in the game. I mean, uh, nine one hundred and sixty five divided by nine. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 a lot per per catch. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah, makes it look sure. so easy, and and you know the the NFL, I think, is going to give him a the big shot. I I I think maybe you and I would agree that if he would were to stay another year, he'd probably enhance his NFL stock. But who knows? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I mean, you always have to take in their injury factor, and players just really. I mean, just thinking about it from their perspective, a lot of them just want to cash in now, while the iron's hot, like like. Go right. now. Well, they have that. Well, they know that they have. Like he's talking to an agent and everything. Sure. He he's he's able to say like, okay, here's where your draft stock is probably going to be. And if Trey's willing to leave for whatever answer that's going to be, my guess is probably fourth or fifth round, somewhere around there. Right. Maybe third round if he's lucky. Um, just based off what I've seen from other receivers, but uh, who knows? Um, but yeah, just really really sad to see him go. But he had a really great season this year, and. Uh, I mean, I was kind of doubting him at the beginning of the year where I was talking about uh, Casey Thompson and his – I liked his connection with Marcus Washington more. And after yeah. maybe week three or four and you start to see Trey Palmer click with Casey Thompson, uh, I mean, that was just unstoppable. You saw it in the Purdue game. You saw it in this Iowa game. It was just uh, really just – it was really magical to see, I think. I think. I mean, you don't have – a thousand-yard receiving seasons don't come out of nowhere. Right. Uh, especially with the games that Nebraska's in where you're scoring 14 points, you got to have a big majority of those touches. So um, I would say uh, Malga Clemens played really well in replace of uh, Luke Reimer. Yeah. Yeah. Who we didn't know was injured until uh, we didn't know wasn't playing until like 20 minutes before game time. So yeah. uh, we, we turned the TV on and they were talking about Luke Reimer being out and we we're like, Oh, that's interesting. Didn't know that one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Nebraska just, I, 
the reason Iowa got back in this game is because Nebraska gave them a little bit of hope. They had absolutely crushed all hope that Iowa had by this yeah. third quarter. And then just a weird fumble. I, I mean, you have the one turnover for Nebraska, just a weird fumble. And my, I don't know. He, he kind of got stripped, kind of got falling out. I don't know exactly what happened. It was hard to see on the replay. They reviewed it, uh, reversed the call. That it was a, wasn't a fumble. It was a weird, or sorry, I, I don't think they reversed it, but uh, just a weird, weird occurrence uh, for, for that. And just an inopportune time. And uh, that's when grandpa and I looked at each other and we were like, Oh no, this is what's got Nebraska OMG. gets this one little. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nebraska gets this one little uh, unfortunate mishap where you get the ball stripped out of Anthony Grant, or Gabe Irvin. I forget who it was. Uh, you get it stripped no, out of his hand. Oh, it was Ramir Johnson. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, you get the ball ripped out of Ramir's hands that are like, 25 yard line and gift Iowa great field position. And this is how this comeback starts. And uh, luckily we are able to close it out. Uh, anything you got about uh, this Iowa game before we move on? No, to the I, I think, uh, you know, this, as I, as we said, it's, this gets lost in the, in the, with all the news about the new head coach. So, so you and I both watched the, uh, the uh, press conference today. What, right. what were your thoughts of like how, Matt handled himself. If if you weren't, I guess I'm trying to look at it as if I weren't a Husker fan, I was just a football fan. And I've, I've seen, I remember when Jim Harbaugh was, was hired, I watched his press conference and, and uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, how do you think that, that, that it read maybe to even non Husker fans? I mean, it seemed to me just watching it, it seemed a little bit like there was a lot of cliches that I feel like if you could put anyone up there that they talk about the Nebraska program in that way, to be fair, he did admit he was honest and he was like, okay, I don't think you're going to have to bear with me. I don't know Nebraska that well, like culture that well right now. Yeah. Um, I hope he gets inundated real fast because a lot of what he was saying was, I want to build a culture. I want to build a culture. If you don't know the culture that's already here, uh, you're going to have quite the problem. If I mean, you're going to have quite a problem building one if you don't know what's going on. So I, I know that that's, that's a big part of what he was saying, that he wants to get to know the culture of Nebraska better and all that uh, kind of stuff. So I think that he'll get inundated with that. I just hope it's fast because he's got recruit visits coming up here. Uh, I think he said they're, he's leaving Lincoln in four days and going on recruit visits for the next month or something like that. They're just going to go visit, or maybe his week month might be long, but uh, just going visiting recruits, talking to them, uh, kids that have committed and trying to get him to stay or whatever, whatever have you of, of uh, with this new coaching staff and what he's going to say and just kind of explain that that's given. Uh, we'll have to see what it happens on the recruiting front. I imagine we'll start seeing that at national signing day. I mean, it's the like early signing day, but it's really turned into the real signing day here in December. Uh, so I, I mean, We'll, we'll have to see, but uh, just initial impressions. He's very earnest about what, what his vision is, which is uh, as, as he stated, he wants to, as I said, create, like build the culture of Nebraska. Um, he told a story at the beginning of the press conference about how he was uh, a couple of, a couple of stories actually, but uh, about how he's a, he was, a, he's a huge Penn state fan. Uh, grew up near there, went to college there, played football for him. They went 12 and 0 one year when he was playing for him and Nebraska ends up beating Miami in 1994 for the national championship. Uh, and then previous in 1983, uh, or sorry, 1984, uh, he went to the Chick-fil-A kickoff or the not Chick-fil-A it's the Chick-fil-A kickoff game now, but the kickoff special 
game for college football, Penn State against Nebraska, and Nebraska kicked their butts 46 to three or something like that. Um, and he just remembers that, like, just how bad he felt, but uh, about that. And he, he told, he told a story about that at the beginning. And I mean, he's, he seems to know, he knows what he's doing. He wouldn't, coaches don't get into the NFL if they don't know what they're doing because NFL, I mean, it's so hard to get into the NFL as a player where there are thousands of spots on rosters, on practice squads. You add all of it up, it adds up to over 2,000, I would bet, probably more. There are only 32 coaching jobs in the NFL, uh, head coaching jobs, and there are a lot of coaches that could fill in any of those slots. So it, I know he got fired really early into that Carolina Panthers uh, tenure there this season, at least uh, he, he did. And uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really know what went down there. It's the can't, the Panthers have been pretty bad for a long time. Uh, ever since Cam Newton stopped playing super great, they kind of lost all that. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, just really earnest about that. He wants to build the offensive line, which is a huge thing for me. That's a huge plus that that's a focus for him where he was talking about how all games are won in the trenches. Uh, that's, it doesn't matter what kind of offense you're playing. He was talking about at Temple where they would run an I-formation offense. He would see that, the, yeah, I mean, of course, to run the ball effectively, you have to have a good offensive line. And then at Baylor, he would have some – he was talking about he had NFL wide receivers uh, out on the on the, right. in the in uh, wings waiting. So then he would still – but he still saw that the offensive line was still the most important part of that. Um, so, I, I mean, that's a huge – Thing because the offensive line has been so bad and inconsistent as well. There have been some games where they played – like this Iowa game, I think they played really well. They gave Casey time. He could find Trey Palmer for those long touchdown passes. Uh, and, I mean, it, it's it's a huge plus for me. That That's a huge plus for me. I don't know what, what, what your thoughts are on this, Grandpa. Well, a couple of things. Uh, um, and I wanted to say something. I, th- I thought it was touching um, when uh, – Matt talked about before he accepted the job at Nebraska, the head coaching job, he called Tom Osborne to get his blessing. You know, he yeah. didn't have to do that. No, uh, that's, that's uh, really, that's, that's class right there. And that's and, what, that's absolutely. what Matt rule is. Uh, you don't, you don't see that kind of reverence um, given to, you know, and Tom Osborne has been out of the football program for years, but he knew the, uh, what, what Osborne has meant to this, this Husker football program. I thought that was just pretty classy. The other thing is Mickey last week, you and I got to see the West side Gretna class a championship. Yeah. game, And we saw their little uh, place kicker. Oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> I forgot to talk about that. <laughs> is just amazing. So Mickey offered him a scholarship right away. Right after the game, I think. Yeah. Then uh, and then Matt offered uh, Jalen Floyd, who is a he's a he's actually a track star, but he offered him a football scholarship. So it's going to be interesting to see because he wants to he wants to do track, and I would imagine if if Matt has any chance of getting him, and he's a speed burner. Jalen he transferred from Central High School and went to Westside, where your mom went to school, and. Um, and uh, got to play in a you know state championship football team, and well, that was great. But I think he would like to play both spots, play football, and then be available in track. Now, I, I don't know if that's feasible. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. But he, you know, Matt understood that the talent, and uh, so I was, I was kind of encouraged by 
Matt, who is just barely on the job and he is already offering scholarships. So I was, I think that. Was yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I mean, as I, as I said, he knows that he needs to get this uh, recruiting stuff started as early as possible because he knows that that early signing date is the signing date now, basically. Uh, and that's, that's coming right. up here on the 21st of December. So you got less than a month to check in with all your recruits to one check in with all your recruits that right. are already committed to coming in this 2023 class. And then also see if you can pull anyone else that's going to be like, okay, I didn't want to go to Nebraska because I didn't know what was going to go on with this new coaching situation. Okay. Now Matt rules there. What am I thinking of him? Let me meet with him. Let me see what, what I'm feeling now. Uh, and he's got to get that on that fast. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see, as I said, it's going to be probably about a month here by that early sign. We'll see what effect, uh, that Matt rule has had immediately on this Nebraska program. Uh, so, we were talking, you and I, uh, while I was at your house, we were talking about this coaching situation a lot, uh, especially after the game on Friday and and uh, on Saturday before I left a little bit uh, of thinking about, okay, what are the options here that we've heard been circulating on Twitter, that kind of stuff. We heard Urban Meyer was going to be the coach at one point, but of course it's Twitter, so that's usually wrong. Uh, and I, I mean, you hear all these names getting thrown in. We had talked about Luke Fickle a few weeks ago. Right. And we were like, okay, no, there's no way he's there. He's staying at Cincinnati. He's committed to Cincinnati. He, they just had a down year. They still are good. Uh, just committed to Cincinnati. He was an OC at the Big Ten with Ohio State under uh, Trestle. And um, I mean, he. We don't see him coming back. We'll just disregard that. He got hired by Wisconsin. Yep, I was surprised at that. I was very surprised at that too. I just learned, I, I learned that today. I, I don't remember when that was announced. I think it was Saturday as well. Uh, if, if I remember or Sunday, one of the two days. Uh, but I, I believe, I mean, what do you think that, I mean, do you think that Luke Fickle said no to Nebraska or do you think Nebraska didn't even talk to him? That's the question. That is a great question. And I, I, that's a great question. Uh, and then the, then the other question is, which is the better hire? Yeah. You know, I mean, Wisconsin's been winning more than Nebraska, obviously. Uh, what would be the challenge he would rather have? I, I think that that's the, that's the first thing that I thought of when, when I found out Fickle was hired by Wisconsin. I said, well, then Trev had to be talking to this guy and maybe yeah. – these things didn't didn't just happen. It wasn't Luke was offered the job, you know, uh, Friday, and hey, yeah, I think I'll take that. Or, you know, I, I heard I heard about Matt uh, Rule a couple of weeks ago, and I, I wrote a, a column on on Matt, just highlighting you know reasons to hire him or reasons maybe not to hire him. Just his age, where he's from, background. He was a walk on player at Penn State, as you said. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I it, would I rather have Luke Fickle there as my dream head coach? Probably. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, no, I, I I think I mean when I heard that he was hired at Wisconsin, my thought was yeah, same thing. Nebraska had to have been talking to him. He must have said no to Nebraska, and I to be fair, I don't blame him. Uh, Nebraska is kind of a more rebuilding thing, whereas Wisconsin is. We just need a new like a new burst of energy i guess they have the talent there graham mertz is a good quarterback uh they're running games there um so i, I mean it was just like okay now 
now what? What am I supposed to think of this Matt Rule hire? Trevor Albert said he was like, okay, ever since day one, this is the number number one A answer has always been Matt Rule. And right. I was thinking there's no way that's true. There's no way that's true because it feels like to me, if you're going through hiring, you would go through who's had success in the Big Ten or Big Ten experience, who has what we need, like who wants to run like tough physical football, who has shown that they can win on a national stage. And I mean, all those, you, you just check Mark, check Mark and all three of those boxes for Luke fickle and Matt rules, not really had that. So I feel like he's kind of the, he was the fallback in a way. I imagine that if, I mean, we don't know this for sure. I don't know if we'll ever know this for sure. Uh, but if Luke fickle was talking to Nebraska at one point, he would have had to say no pretty early for Trev to right. pivot hard because you don't, when you have fallbacks and coaching hires, it's not, it wouldn't be announced this early. If your fallback was, if like Luke Fickle had said no, like three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's, right. You, you right. wouldn't have announced this because then you would be like, okay, who's our second option. That probably takes about a week to figure out maybe, maybe three or four days to figure out. And then you offer them, they think about it. They think pros and cons. They try to figure out other offers that are coming in. Do they want one more than that, than, than the one that Nebraska is giving them. It's probably announced middle of December. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Well, I don't know if we'll ever know, but. Uh, do do I, you think, do you think that, and I think I'm answering my own question, but the fact that uh, Cincinnati where Luke Fickle has coached for the last, what, six years, something like that. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I imagine. I think it's five or six years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that going t- into the big 12 minus Texas minus Oklahoma played a, uh, I, I think he, that played a part in, in his decision of wanting to go uh, stay in the, or be in the big 10. Maybe. I mean, you think that a, a lot of people? I was listening to a, a couple podcast episodes about this kind. These two hires recently, reading a few articles today about it, and uh, I mean, you just like you think there would be a incentive for Luke Fickle to stay since Cincinnati because Cincinnati's going into the Big Twelve uh, so soon. You think that he'd want to stay so he can coach at a Power Five level, and then they're like, okay, now you can get an even higher rank job basically um like i mean i don't know for sure i mean i don't really think that's how that works like for scott frost didn't have head coaching uh success at a power five school he had scott frost and luke fickle seem like similar hires like profile wise like if you just look at record and that kind of stuff it's kind of the same thing uh but i will say luke fickle his style of coaching and how he wants to run offense, defense, just smash mouth football. That fits Wisconsin a lot better than it does Nebraska, I believe. Uh, I know that Matt Rule talked about in his press conference bringing Nebraska back to the 90s way they're playing. You're playing three yards in a cloud of dust football, that kind of stuff. Uh, I, he didn't say that specifically, which I'm glad he didn't because if he said he's committed to the run right now, I would be very concerned because we are going to not win anything if we just try to run the ball. Uh, but he, the good news for Matt is that he's also coached uh, – as he, as he was talking about, as I mentioned before at Baylor, you have these great wide receivers that, that can play. So he know he can coach and call plays and, or have someone or run his offense in a way that can uh, be more fruitful towards the passing attack as, as before the running attack, because it's going to take a little bit for Nebraska's running attack to get where rule had at Baylor. 
in his past two seasons, uh, in in his last two years, uh, where he had bowl game success and then uh, almost a Big Twelve title game. Well, yeah. Then you look at Luke, and he uh, was in the uh, football college football playoff last year. I mean, he got trumped by Alabama, but yeah. I mean, you only lose it. You only lose a twenty-one to a Alabama team that almost won the national title. I mean, yeah. it's that looks pretty dang good. Uh, I, I, I will have to say. But so, uh, yeah, go uh, ahead, sir. Yeah, I you know it's another AAC head coach, but he had winning seasons, and Scotty had one winning season out of. Well, I guess I don't think it's credit or this goes against his record uh, this year. Um, but you know, Scotty didn't have one winning season in four plus years. And, uh, and, and he had only one at, uh, at central Florida. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, I like Luke. Well, I guess time will, will tell if, uh, if, if well, we're happy with, uh, with Matt, then, you know, and he's winning and winning and, uh, you know, I don't know what it's, you know, it's like recruiting. It's not an exact science. I, I'm sure Trev Alberts did his due diligence. He probably talked to janitors and, you know, cafeteria workers. How's this guy? Yeah, Cause you know, um, character, I know, I know Trev well enough to know that honesty, character and integrity are top of his list. He, he's not going to, He's not going to get. Um, I, that's why I think Urban Meyer that that notion that he was going to be offered the job was uh, it was not what not going to happen in my view. And uh, and I think you know probably luckily it, it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think Urban Meyer checks like I was talking about before. You have Big Ten experience. Uh, he doesn't run the offense the same way. He's not as focused. He had a lot of talent that just would come to Ohio State anyway because Ohio State had been so good for so many years when he got there. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I think that if Urban Meyer did come to Nebraska, uh, it, I would be happy about that still. But, uh, as you said, he doesn't fit Trev Albert's bill uh, of right. those three characteristics as as well as Matt Rule does. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that it, in the end uh, – Urban Meyer coming to Nebraska would have been great, but then maybe in a few years we see other problems that are coming up. And uh, I think that Trev Alberts just wanted to get this Scott Frost fiasco. What ended up happening with him just kind of off the, out of the rear mirror here and just move on to a guy that's not going to have a chance or has had any past history of that kind of uh, integrity and that kind of stuff like that. So um uh, maybe we'll do one of these each, but what is your like one, if you, if you could talk to Matt rule right now, what is your one burning question you'd have for him? And what do you, what are you kind of hoping his answer to that would be? That's a good question. Um, I guess, um, you know, he, he turned a, a really a bad temple program. That's an FCS school. Uh, well, it's, no, it's not. It's an AAC. It's, it's group. It's group of five. Yeah, AAC right, again. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, you know they were they were doing terrible, and he in the, his last two years there, they won ten games, and then the last or the second of those two years, he left the program before they even played their bowl game, and I would just be kind of curious, why did he do that? Uh, did they want him to leave, or did he? You know, I mean, he went to Baylor. It was a promotion, uh, and I get yeah. that. But leaving his kids in the lurch, 
or maybe that's not how, maybe he didn't have an option. Maybe the, maybe the powers that be said, yeah. no, you go to your next stop and we'll take care of it. We'll get an interim head coach. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, maybe it was like, I mean, you have that recruiting and all that stuff that needs to happen and the bowl games, not until two weeks into December, basically, maybe sometimes three, depending on what bowl game you're playing in. Right. Um, so my guess is it was probably, I, we need you to come out now. Uh, if you, if you yeah. want this job, because the, we, yeah, we need to start recruiting and that kind of stuff. So as we were talking about before, uh, for me, I probably, if I, if I could ask him one question right now, I'd probably, I'd, I'd ask him what, so, I mean, there were someone asked him this during the press conference, but I, I want a little bit more like direct answer to this. He kind of like answered it in a circle, I guess. I, I don't know how to best phrase that, but uh, basically like, what are your plans with the coaching staff? Like what, who are you, who, who do you think you're going to keep um, as, as far as Mickey Joseph and, and, and that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then what are you look, are you looking at anyone around college football who are out of a DC or OC job or, or special teams or something like that you're looking to hire, or are you just going to bring in people from, Carolina or from your Baylor program from a few years ago who are now out of a job, bring in those guys and then pick the best of what's left over from Scott Frost staff that he revamped this year and then just put those guys together. Uh, or are you just going to bring in most of your old staff, keep hopefully Mickey Joseph, maybe Bill Bush, uh, and then leave everyone else out to dry and then just start over with your guys uh, or or try to encapsulate those other uh, coaches. And he did say that he, like, uh, as you were saying last week, I believe, Grandpa, that you're like, oh, I, Mickey's name is, like, all these coaches know each other and they know good right. recruiters. And Matt Rule literally said that. He was like, I, don't, I know Mickey on a professional level and he's just a really great recruiter. The kids love him. Uh, just a really great guy and someone that I would definitely, uh, he said, it, uh, he said, I'm going to talk to Mickey um, I imagine that he would keep him just because of the recruiting that he brings. Matt Rule's not known for being a huge recruiter. Um, he's known for developing players, as we can see with his uh, Temple, where you turn a, that program around and then you go and turn Baylor around. Um, so, yeah, my question to him would just be, what, what's your plan for the for the coaching staff? Because, uh, I mean, you look like now uh, Jim Leonard's out of a job at uh, uh, Wisconsin, who everyone thought he was going to be the heir to Paul Christ. Right, and uh, he's a great defensive coordinator. Whoever picks if if he leaves Wisconsin, which I imagine he was going to, uh, and I can think of no better place for him than Nebraska because you get to, you get like Nebraska has a really talented defense. We just don't execute as well, uh, and we've seen that we've seen the uh, Ernest Hausman, Malcolm Hartzog. We've seen the young guys that can that can they can ball, and we we've seen it, and um, he would be able to build that base. Uh, and he'd also be able to get a cheap shots back at Wisconsin for kind of snuffing him out of the head coaching job when it seemed like, I mean, I don't know what the situation was there. Maybe they told him immediately, no, you're not going to be taken over here, but it seemed like all that they were getting ready for was to uh, take him in as the next head coach. And uh, I don't know what, what his feelings on where he wants to go are, but uh, if you want to stay in the big 10, stay in the big 10 West, I can't, I can't think of a better place than Nebraska. That's a great idea. Great idea. Um, yeah, he's going to be meeting with the existing assistants in the, over the next couple of days. And he obviously is going to be meeting with his uh, players. I'm sure the the issue is going to be uh, some of them are going to be encouraged 
uh, to transfer. Uh, it's not going to fit into to what uh, uh, what rules vision for a successful football team is. And I get that. So you're going to see transfer portal kids leaving, and there's going to be some uh, in, in, inward bound uh, players. Uh, and you know he he studied the the well the transfer portal doesn't open until December 5th. So I now Palmer, uh, not Palmer, but uh, we had another player, I forget, uh, enter the transfer portal midway through the season. Oh, uh, Garcia Castaneda. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, uh, who, who's available out there, but it should be a lot. I think when they first started this, I think there were like 2000 players uh, available on the transfer portal. Uh, I think that was, I don't know, three years ago, whenever they started that. So yeah. we'll see, but he has his work cut out for him. I Definitely. don't have anything else to, to say. I'm yeah. sure talking about, you know, certainly Matt and, and the rest of the uh, program as uh, on our successive uh, podcast. So, uh, yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. I, I don't have anything else either. We'll just see where this goes. He's got his work cut out for him, as he said. Uh, and yeah, we'll definitely be talking about this, following this more. I, I imagine there's going to be big developments over this week. Uh, we'll definitely be keeping up with that. Uh, we'll get you guys back next Sunday. I uh, did want to say, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everyone, tell tell people <laughs> who are, have doubted Nebraska that we're back. Uh, Matt Rule is going to take us take us to places that we've never seen before, uh, at least in my lifetime. And uh, we'll, hopefully, we'll see. It's going to take a little bit. He did he did say it was going to take a bit, but we'll have to see. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll be back next week with a little season wrap up. Basically, it will just go through the season as a whole, kind of take some lessons out of that. Uh, and then, yeah, of course, touch on the Matt rule situation, uh, check in on Husker volleyball, see how they're doing in uh, the NCAA tournament, see how that Delaware state game went. Uh, and hope, I mean, I assume they're going to win that game, but, uh, again, you can't assume anything in those March Madness style tournaments. So well, hopefully they'll get the win there and, uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Go big red. <laughs>